Good afternoon. Welcome. Thanks for joining us. I'm Tom Hall. It's midday. The Colorado Supreme Court has ruled that Donald Trump is ineligible to run for president under the 14th Amendment to the Constitution because he engaged in insurrection. If the ruling stands, his name will not appear on the Republican primary ballot in Colorado. Joining me now is Kim Whaley, a great friend of this show and an author and constitutional law scholar on the faculty of the University of Baltimore. Hey, Kim, happy holidays. Uh, happy holidays to you, Tom. So Happy to be here. Yeah, thanks for your time. So the a state court, uh, or a, a district court in Colorado, determined that Mr. Trump did, in fact, engage in insurrection, but that he, as president, was immune from prosecution for that. Other people in the federal government who engage in insurrection uh, are culpable, evidently, but not the president. So the Supreme Court of Colorado took the case. Uh, and what did they determine? So they agreed with the lower court that um, that he's not that he did engage in an insurrection, um, but disagreed with the lower court when uh, the lower court ruled that the president of the United States is not a quote officer of the United States, uh, and said, "Listen, in the presidency is equated with the an office of the United States twenty five times expressly in the Constitution and said that's just too tortured a reading of the word office to suggest that somehow the president is, you know, is the law. So you would have to have somebody subordinate to that. So, you know, it's a, it's actually, uh, Tom, a very sort of traditional textualist, you know, originalist conservative reading of the plain language of the Constitution. And, you know, the majority, there's four justices, the majority uh, three separate dissents, um, but the majority says, "Listen, we realize this has grave implications, but we were bound by the language of the Constitution." And they even pulled out dictionaries from 1787 uh, to to understand what the word "office" officer meant at the time of the ratification. Not, so I guess it wasn't 1787; it was um, with the ratification of the Fourteenth Amendment. And the fact that Mr. Trump has not yet, at least, been convicted of insurrection. Uh, how does that play into this argument? I mean, who decides what it even means to be engaged in insurrection? Is that something that a court has to find him guilty of? Or is it just something that uh, with the, the, the publicly available evidence, uh, a, 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 a body like the Supreme Court of Colorado can just decide on their own? Yeah, this is really important. There's a lot of distortions and lack of clarity around this. And this is not about a prosecution. It's not about a conviction. Uh, it's we're not talking about. I mean, taking a, a potential presidential candidate and putting them in jail, right? So the the one of the dissenting opinions said that basically re argued there needs to be a criminal conviction here. But and and links it to the due process clause of the Constitution. But just so everyone's clear, the due process clause goes back to the Magna Carta in 1215. It's one of those basic protections against government. It says the government cannot put you in jail, can't take your liberty, can't take your life, can't execute you, and can't take your property without some process. And that can be a full-blown jury trial. It can be a phone call with somebody in government. It depends on the circumstances. And so I think here we're not talking about life, liberty, or property. We're talking about the ability to apply for a job, and that's the job of the presidency. So I really think to say that you would need, uh, beyond a reasonable doubt, um, standard of proof for a criminal conviction 
I, I, I don't think that's that doesn't make logical sense. And it certainly doesn't really link to the due process clause, because all we're really talking about is whether you can apply for the job. And there are other people that are ineligible for the job under the Constitution, including anyone who's under the age of 35 um, or a foreign national can apply for the job. We might have someone that American voters really, really want this person who wasn't born in the United States and to keep them off the ballot, you'd say, oh, that's denying them the right to their choice and that's anti-democratic. No, the constitution is the tippity top dog when it comes to these things. And there are very few qualifications. And under the 14th amendment, one of them is you cannot have taken an oath um, and engaged in insurrection and hold office on, of the United States again. That's just the way it is. And, and there's nothing saying you need a criminal conviction to interpret that language. The courts interpret the constitutional language all the time without criminal convictions uh, using other facts. And here, the, there was a trial, there was an evidentiary hearing with witnesses and documents, and there are all kinds of rulings that are made uh, based on you know that kind of a record or even something less uh, rigorous than what happened in Colorado here. You have Jack Smith uh, leapfrogging uh, some courts to go, to go right to the Supreme Court to determine whether or not he is even uh, eligible to be prosecuted, Mr. Trump. Uh, so, so Mr. Smith has asked uh, the Supreme Court to say, yes, it's okay to, to move ahead with the cases uh, that he's brought against Mr. Trump. And now uh, it's very likely that the Supreme Court will weigh in on this Colorado decision. The Trump defense team has said that they are going to appeal this. Um, how is the argument about letting the voters decide going to play with this conservative court? Um, there are those who say, look, the, the state courts, uh, everybody should just stay out of it. Uh, if people want to vote for Donald Trump, regardless of what he may have done or didn't do, uh, that's that's the, the proper way to uh, either dispose of Mr. Trump politically or uh, continue, let him continue his political career. Yeah. So the so the the other case is, of course, um, the Donald Trump's claim that he has complete blanket absolute immunity from any legal accountability for being a president. I, I think that's a loser because we certainly can't just insulate any president from committing crimes in office and say, well, you were president, so you could do, do whatever you want. But that's a big one. Um, and then there's this one. I mean, and that also gets to this question of voting. And we've heard this even with the impeachments. Um, with the with the first impeachment of Donald Trump relating to his withholding of aid to Ukraine um, uh, in in the face of what turned out to be an invasion by by Russia, unless Donald Trump unless um, Zelensky announced an investigation into his political rival, the argument then that was made by the Republicans, oh, voters decide, voters decide, voters decide. Uh, you know that that argument I think is just too broad, right? It, it, that we have limits and we have laws. If it comes up in the Supreme Court, Tom, it would be more what we call dicta. I don't think it's a it's a basis um, under the text of the Constitution for not applying the Constitution. But but if there's enough conservatives, and certainly there would be Thomas and Alito clearly that would vote uh, against what Colorado did, and it's hard to say what the more moderate justices we can imagine the Sotomayor and Kagan and Jackson uh, would uh, would back the plain reading uh, that the Colorado court did. Um, but what the majority could do is find an, find another reason, say, oh, presidents aren't officers, for example, or there does need to be a criminal conviction, one of these other things, and then explain it and say, don't be mad at us because what we're doing is upholding democracy and voters' ability 
to vote. It, it wouldn't necessarily be a legal argument. It would be more rhetoric backing up why they did what they did, if that turns out to be the case. Because, you know, in this moment, the Supreme Court could step in and basically do the two options. They could you know, just in terms of black and white options, they could they could do a cross the country win for Donald Trump and say presidents, former presidents cannot be bound by Section three. That would clean house in all 50 states. If the court were to come in and uphold what Colorado did, that would only apply to Colorado um, and any other state in which there's a there's a mechanism under their election law to bring this question to the courts. Right. So basically all of all Colorado did is say, we've got an election code. There are certain thing, certain people that are disqualified. That includes someone who's violated, who who's disqualified under Section 3. So it's really a patchwork state by state thing. There's no way the Supreme Court could essentially, you know, hand this election to Joe Biden. Um, the Supreme Court could basically make sure Donald Trump is not kept off the ballot anywhere, but couldn't do the opposite, if, you, if that makes sense. Yeah, and it has happened in other states that certain people have been kept off the ballot. I think it happened in New Mexico in a case. Right. Um, so, that, you know, there's some precedent for it. Um, just as we finish up, uh, in terms of the timeline here, the court in Colorado has put a hold on their ruling until January 4th. The folks who run the elections in Colorado say that January 5th is the deadline for printing the ballots. So uh, a, needs, a determination needs to be made. Do you see that happening uh, in the Supreme Court? That's awfully quick. That's just in a couple of weeks. Yeah. I mean, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but remember, Tom, you know, we talked about it back then in November and December of 2020. There were a lot of uh, cases or Pennsylvania case that went right up to the Supreme Court in terms of ballot counting, a case out of Wisconsin. Um, they, they did it in Bush versus Gore, you know, with just, you know, days um, kind of hanging in the balance. So the Supreme Court certainly can act very rapidly if they decide to. Uh, it's just really anybody's guess how they're going to handle this. And and it's not just the two cases. There's also a third case um, that that involves another person who was has been prosecuted around January sixth, um, but uh, that case they did accept, and that could basically, depending on the outcome, knock out two of the four counts that are pending against Donald Trump um, around the January sixth insurrection by Jack Smith. So that puts three big mega cases that have massive implications, not just for the election, but for constitu- the Constitution and democracy. Uh, itself um, in front of nine unelected people who serve for life. It's it's just a mind-blowing moment in American history, Tom. It is a mind-blowing moment, and we will have you back on after the first of the year to talk about it uh, a little bit more and uh, sort of give us an update on all of these various uh, cases against Mr. Trump uh, and see where the things stand uh, as the election heats up. Kim Whaley is the host of Simple Politics on YouTube, the author of several terrific books, and a constitutional law scholar on the faculty of the University of Baltimore School of Law. Merry Christmas, Kim. Thank you so much. We'll talk to you soon. Happy holidays to you, too, and everybody. Merry Christmas. Great to be with you. Up next, turning around Baltimore's decades-long population decline, Annie Milley of Live Baltimore joins me on the other side of a quick break. It's midday. I'm Tom Hall. Stay with us. This is Baltimore's NPR News Station, 88.1 WYPR, where you're listening to Midday. 